0: Good morning, pop culture fans and Flash aficionados. Welcome to another episode of Grodcast, episode 1.0. It's only fitting that our first official episode be not talking about Flash, as is the fashion with pop culture. You got to keep in the now. And so the now is Star Wars. Got to see that trailer. I'm pretty excited. Never really watched Star Wars much growing up. It was on in the background and I seen all the movies and I watch them with my peepers and I'm ready to comment on a podcast first. That's right, the first full episode talking about Star Wars to get into Rick and Morty. All Star Wars, Star Wars talk, Star Wars, all Star Wars and talk and Star Wars Anyway, for those of you at home, there's a new Star Wars trailer that had come out for the brand new movie coming out, Episode 7. Now I'll save you guys the big spoiler, being that there was a particular character that was missing, and that has spawned a lot of conversation online. It's really heated up the the pop culture world with thoughts and ideas, and where is he, and what is he doing, and maybe they're getting ready for the end of the Episode 7 Credits with a special teaser right between to set you up for this eighth movie. So there's a lot of speculation in that world right now, and a lot of it is fair. I mean, we've been waiting for a new Star Wars movie for quite some time, and we got Episodes 1, 2, and 3, and it was great that we have that backstory now and that father that's really been cemented as real, true lore. And so you had this established character, and you got really the first three episodes were really his backstory. That's right, I'm talking about the man in black himself, Darth Vader. So we got those first three movies as a gift from George Lucas to say, here you go. This is the backstory of these characters that you've fallen in love with over the years. And this is how we got to point C, A New Hope. And now they're taking it from that last step. And they're hop, skipping, and jumping back to the end of Return of the Jedi. The Empire has fallen. The Republic had won. But it seems like gone but not forgotten. And you can tell by all the different stuff that they have still. Which is something really neat to take a look at. They've taken what they had in the past, they've built upon it, they've improved it, and they've brought it into a world... In a way that they never could before, because the big cats behind Star Wars now, that's right, make mine Marvel. Marvel Studios own Star Wars. Again, none of this is new information, but it's laying the groundwork for the discussion that we're about to have. And so, in getting Marvel that property, it has given a new life into Star Wars. I mean, nobody knows how to get those kids excited for something than than Marvel. I mean, Disney. <laughs> And I say it that way because in a lot of ways, Marvel has been able to keep going what they've been doing so well. And they've had so much more behind them with Disney Studios. They got big bucks behind them. They got mouse dollars. To quote Kevin Smith from his podcast, they're just printing money at this point. I mean, they've got everyone's attention. They have the technology. They have the development staff. They have the dedicated writers. You had people in my generation and right before it growing up with these Disney characters and aspects. And now they're writers and they've been given properties like Star Wars. They've given... Properties like Marvel, and now they have the freedom to express in such a bigger play box. I mean, not to really side note, but flash fact those Disney Infinity games are doing well. I mean, there's a reason they're doing well. There's something about them that appeals, and they keep pumping them out with Marvel characters now. And the Disney 3.0 edition has Star Wars characters. And so, this expanded universe that they've created really kind of proves the point in and of itself that. There's a huge world for them to explore now. I mean, they could really do things that we never even thought would make sense. I mean, I'm talking blasphemy now. Nothing from the gospel, no truth behind any of this. But they could have a weird, crazy crossover with Mickey Mouse going into the Star Wars universe. Or something that I really want to talk about and get excited about. And that's the concept of what are they going to do with Kingdom Hearts? Now... Another sidestep for a second, we're going to dose it over to the video game world. For a while, Disney has had this hold on RPG games with the Kingdom Hearts series. And for those of you that aren't too familiar with it, quick facts. A kid goes around, named Sora, has adventures with Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, solving these Keyblade issues, but in charming Disney worlds. You know, it's not some made up place. It's stuff that we knew and the success of those incorporating the Disney characters was tremendous and you're going to be able to get even one step further now that they have a Marvel universe and a Star Wars universe and I think that's probably a good reason why we haven't seen the games yet because I'm sure they have to go back to square one and be like alright well let's take a look at our licensing and what we can get away with and what we can do and who can really make this property and who has control over it and so we might not see Kingdom Hearts for a while but the concept of these universes together in one spot is really just it's just so much potential and I think you're going to start seeing that so much more and more the cross synergy is really something that's bigger than all of us folks and it's not just Marvel that's been doing this as we all know DC has been doing their fair share of universe synergy too but in a little bit of a different way because and I've never seen this before, you have the same universe existing on multiple networks, if the rumor is true we're going to see some crossover I mean we've already seen it with the Constantine character appearing in Arrow so at the very least they're smart enough to keep the same actors because as we all know unfortunately Constantine although a great concept and pilot idea people just don't seem to get, get the concept of in primetime sometimes so unfortunately it was what it was and it went as quickly as it came in but the character is still there I mean we've seen him in other things so there's clearly a cross synergy that we're not quite ready for that they're not quite sure what they're going to do with but they're going to use it in some way And so you're seeing TV shows come out, and they've tested the waters already. You've seen the Arrow Flash crossover, which is cool. I mean, it's the same network, so you're getting to see these characters that exist on this network anyway. So it's super easy to get them together on a TV show from the same network. But then you're having people cross over with different networks, and like supergirl being on cbs and possibly crossing over to the cw universe i know that they're partially owned by the same company so it's something we could absolutely see and i know in the last podcast we talked about synergy a bit between the marvel tv shows and the movies which is really cool and so you're seeing a lot of this connectivity and i think that's something that nowadays a lot of people are craving that cross plat media platform interaction like there's continuity. I think that's something that a lot of us have developed because the big thing right now in terms of TV and movies is storytelling, character development. That was something that we didn't necessarily have growing up. And I know it even back in the comic books, you didn't have really necessarily continuous story arcs. You had single issues. And you had characters do their job in one issue, and it was all wrapped up. But now you're seeing these cross-story arcs and crossovers and things, so it's really cool because you have this continuity going across different mediums and even across different issues and telling these larger overarching stories. And I think a big push into the forward direction of that was a lot of the stuff you saw with Brian Michael Bendis, you know, shouting out to the Ultimate Spider-Man run, where you kind of had this overarching story that continued throughout out and it's like oh here's a big story arc and you had other people follow shortly after that for example the ultimates run another book that had you know these characters crossing over and it was like oh here's a spider-man from our universe Oh, let's have him dabble with this guy and we saw it in the comic book issues back then in general don't get me wrong we did see it but it wasn't quite on the same scale as it is now and you see a lot more of the character development being central focus in in comic books and and in media. Because The Walking Dead ain't really necessarily just about the zombies, you know what I mean? It's about the people. And so these character-driven stories are really what we're craving and getting to see them in other media crossing over being the same character being continuously the same character and developing that character more by having these crossovers and interactions is such a cool opportunity to see them grow and develop really strong personalities in their characters themselves even though they are established characters we've seen before for example green arrow you're seeing him develop into a very strong character when he goes into the flashpoint he's interacting with a constant Or even as simple as the Flash TV series and having characters coming in and out of that that are going to be phasing into Legends of Tomorrow, which is another show I'm really looking forward to. I mean, we just couldn't have asked for a better time to be in TV and media, so there's a show that's coming out that's going to focus on these characters that are going on these adventures and they cross in and out of continuity with the flash and arrow and like i said this is primarily a flash dedicated podcast so i'm going to try and talk about him as much as i can and so this is one of those times he's quickly hopping in and getting center stage and so you even see that in the development of captain cold i don't think that was something that was done until the later runs with Jeff Johns and Mark Wade, where you really saw these characters develop into who they are, and the rogues being having a code. And so, I guess what I'm going to get into is character development. I was going to talk about the Star Wars trailer more, but I kind of meandered off into the world of just characters and establishing characters, because that's really the key to the game right now, is establishing characters, giving them a personality, having it be consistent, having it be... Regular and predictable in in the sense of, oh, we know that this character will be like this and you will expect this character to behave this way. And sometimes that character might die or go away, but the personality is going to stick to who they are. Because sometimes those personality traits are just so strong and such a such a strong part of the character in question that it's not something that ever is going to go away. Like Batman is generally mistrusting of others because of his experiences as a character developing as he went along. And you have Barry Allen who has this very innocent, you know, imperfect charm to him, I guess is what I was getting at there. You know, he's imperfect with his quirks. And then you have a really strong, confident Hal Jordan character that's always been known to be this (laughs) strong-willed, very strong personality character. And you have, you know, the bumbling Superman who overcorrects himself so that he, as Clark Kent, so he can assume his role as Superman unassumingly to the public. And so there are certain things in characters that we look for because over time these characters have developed those qualities through writers and persist through writers and persist through even death, as I had mentioned before. But more so, you have these certain qualities that you know one writer will decide to focus on, and all of a sudden it'll be a really strong piece for a very long time of that character. Another great example of that is we take a look at Deadpool. Deadpool was just a mercenary for a while, for hire, sent to kill Cable. That's how he started. New Mutants, check it out. It's a cool issue. And then he slowly over time developed into this very quirky personality. And they went with that and developed that personality even further. And so now you have a character, Deadpool, that's really an interesting Character in the sense that his development has taken him to a place where he breaks the fourth, the third and fourth wall all the time, interacting with his, with with the fans, talking directly out of a comic book panel, or even sometimes, in the movie itself, staring at camera and talking to camera, like so much Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, or. Family Guy in that episode where Peter monologues and then says that he's going to do stuff to a frozen Lois. But anyway, like staring off into a, into a screen and directing to the audience and talking is a quality and a characteristic that some characters in shows possess or comic books or anything. And so that was something that gets developed over time also. Wolverine's attitude developed over time. He was not always this loner, irritated gruntling. He was kind of this character that popped up in the end of an issue of Hulk and was going after hulk and wendigo and so over time a lot of characters find their voice and it's an interesting process because a lot of it is somebody lays groundwork and then another person comes and says you know what that's interesting i like that idea let me develop that further and so you have these characters getting picked up by different writers and taking aspects of the character that we know and love and it really starts solidifying and then over time it's something that becomes a discussion point between fans like, hey, how about, for example, how about Tower of Babel? Man, that Batman sure doesn't trust people and he built this whole system and contingencies in place against all of his allies because he generally just doesn't trust people. And you hear that from him, and you hear that from the people around him, and there's a certain level of closed offness that Batman has, to the point where that most recent story arc, Death and the Family, addressed that exact topic and situation. And so you're getting characters that develop so strongly that story arcs come out of it. Story arcs come out of personality. Like, at that point, once you have a character established, and you have the character established in a certain way, and they behave in a certain way because they have a set personality, you can have a lot of fun with stories around that concept and in that notion um... Another great example of that that I was thinking of recently is Green Arrow, Green Lantern. There's a great Dennis O'Neil, Neil Adams run. And if you haven't read it, again, another great thing to pick up and take a look at. Because it focuses on Oliver Queen, and not necessarily the Oliver Queen that you guys are seeing in the TV show. The Oliver Queen of past, of yesteryear, the freedom fighter, the, the guy that fights for the little guy, the real Robin Hood, so to speak, the one who spoke up against inequality and injustice. And took a straight lace character that was really just by the books but strong willed and very, very, very dominant in his own way, Green Arrow a Green Lantern. And he takes Green Lantern and he goes on an adventure with him and he says, Hey, Green Lantern, you know, you've seen all this stuff out there in the world. Take a look at this stuff. Let's go take a look here, what's going on on your own planet. And take a look over here, what's going on on your home planet. And although it wasn't Green Arrow that made the famous line in that book, there's a great line where a character reaches out to Green Lantern and says, You know, man, you do a lot for the purple people on this planet. You do a lot for the, you know, yellow people on this planet. What about the black or brown people on this planet here on Earth? And so you see that in characters and they come up a lot because these pieces of them make them human. And that human quality is again what we seek and what we look for and it's, we find comfort in taking these icons, these legends, these strong, strong characters that we follow and, and idolize and you bring them to a level where you're like there's humanity in there. You can see that there's a piece to them that's not quite what's perfect. It's not quite quote unquote Superman. You know, they have flaws. And and the more and more we develop and we further these characters' ideas and the more they grow with us, the more we see this and and hold on to these characters. So it's a great cycle of, of craving. Like, we crave stories about character development and stories about people. That's why The Walking Dead works. The Walking Dead works because we care about the people in it. You could have a zombie apocalypse, you could have a leper outbreak, you can have a black plague outbreak, you can have Motaba from, from the movie outbreak and and still have it be about people. And As long as you address what people are doing in these situations, that's the part that, that we're all as fans gonna going to cling to. And so keeping those stories going are really what's feeding the industry right now. We see it with all our shows, we see it, the big reason that everything is winning right now is because things are being able to cross over and be the same and be consistent. And that's consistency, regularity is a primal instinct in all human beings to just, okay, things are how I expect them to be, that makes me feel better, it's a bit more controlled. You might not know what's going to happen in a particular episode, but you'll pretty much know that the characters that you care about are going to behave the way that you expect them to. Unless the lovely and delightful plot twists that come about. And I'm sure I'm going to get into that next week as I talk about what's been going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But for right now, we're going to put that in the back burner and say, you know what, it's an interesting thing when you take one character and they're a certain way for so long and then they change. And that comes full circle now to Star Wars before. And I was saying how there's an interesting part of the trailer, somebody's missing, and wouldn't it be interesting to take the character that we're thinking of and change him and make him in a way that we didn't see him before people seem to really crave the fallen hero the anti-hero was a big deal in the 90s and 2000s and everybody loved their wolverine and everybody loved their you know vegetas and everybody loved their anti-hero characters but now we're seeing it not even just anti-hero just villain i mean potentially villain we're talking about a character that was developed years ago, a long time ago, in a, in a in a place far, far away, and we they started completely different from what we think might be happening now, and that's very interesting because it's going to make a lot of people feel a lot of different ways. And I'm not trying to sound vanilla about all this, so I'm not controversial. But you're going to get a lot of opinions. People are going to say this is great. This is such an interesting way to develop the character. I'm, you know he always progressed just like his father spoilers um, or not and it's a complete red herring and he just shows up there and he's like hey guys you ready and and you're just like oh okay never mind that was not what I was expecting at all but there's a lot of talk about it now and we have a lot of access to this media and content and ways to discuss it with one another and so Feel free to post on Grodcast, on Facebook or Twitter. Let me know what you guys think about some of that stuff I was talking about. Again, if I'm crappy at this, let me know. I'm not going to get better until I hear why I'm doing bad. So, again, this is Ben Toper saying good night and Grod help us all.